Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. This is the Bad Film Club, starring Holly Gordon and Shanae Navigela. Your feature is about to begin. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah? It's been a week, hasn't it, babe? <laughs> Sunny Tuesday, baby. It has been a week. What a day. What a week. What? Oh, yes. What a week. To t- like, just generally in the UK. To be alive. I know. But yesterday was International Women's Day. And I have never felt such an exhaust, so exhausted from it. <laughs> yeah. Just yep. so tired. Because obviously, like... It's really great that we get a specific day for us, <laughs> but but can you treat us well every day of the year, please? Is it the is the bar really that high? Come on. Well, it's just also like it's the only time that uh, brands and celebrities <laughs> and just anyone realizes that there's like half the world half the world's population is female. Yeah, and or identifies as female. So cool, we get one day. I mean, yeah, you know, and they still complain. hate it. People still fucking hate it as well. It's just been a lot, a long, not even 48 hours, but it's been, it feels like 48 hours because this kind of all started Sunday evening, jammed packed day of like everyone just being stupid and shit. And then today has, oh, I'm so, so tired of everything. The UK is a mess, but we all knew that. (laughs) Exactly. And just so that you guys know, we are referring to... (laughs) The Harry and Meghan Oprah interview because this will be felt. This is recorded like two weeks before release, and it's a fucking shit show. And you know, we stand with them. And I, I don't know who's saying that the royals aren't racist. Your institution is built on colonizing half the fucking world. Why are people surprised that they're being racist? I also found it really interesting because obviously, so the interview uh, aired. Sunday evening in the States because it was made by Oprah's production company and then ITV got the rights for it to air it the, mm. the day after in the UK. And the stark contrast, seeing the America's re- responses and reactions to it and then obviously us having to wait a whole day to then actually mm. watch it and make our own judgment on it. Obviously, we were texting during watching it and the United Kingdom has always been racist and it's yeah. a massive, massive, massive issue. But, and someone put it really well, is that we are, that people are in denial about how racist our country is. Yeah. The minute you call out the UK for being racist, people are like, oh, no, 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 no. It's because in the UK, people are more scared of being called racist than actually being racist. Yeah, they, they don't like being held accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God forbid you, you do that, which is exactly what's happened in this whole, this whole scenario is that, a very old, archaic institution has been called out for how they treat someone and now this has led, uh, has a domino effect and how it's led to, you know, the results of people being, having, you know, having opinions. I'm glad that this is happening. It's just, I mean, it's frustrating that it takes so long. I feel like this is a very British thing. We have to let it get to the worst possible minute before any action is ever taken. 
So yeah, cool. For sure, for sure. <laughs> the UK is not innocent in any of these things. Also, I don't know where this. I guess because we're not royalists, so where this kind of sentiment comes from, like this love of the royals, but because I guess we we don't live in that kind of bubble where we think the monarchy is this amazing thing. I feel like it's. I guess it's an, a nice tourist thing, but I would rather have India have the coin or a diamond back, man. Like, take that shit out of your crown, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, like, I think it's a massive generational thing because, and I was actually, this got discussed within my family yesterday, is that people our age, uh, maybe older and younger, uh, obviously have a, a different opinion to the roles than people maybe, like, older um, just because we see Meghan and Harry specifically looking after their well-being, talking about mental health, talking about mm. like racism and talking mm. about the stuff that we care about and that actually matters. And whereas like I can't actually imagine what the royal family personally did to, <laughs> to did for people still. Yeah. And it, like why like I still find it really confusing when someone says they like the royal family or they really care about them because I just can't figure out why. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, I was here for Diana, but that was it, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's just like, what is it? I said this to you, but it's like, people generally can't give you an answer when you ask them why they like the royal family. Mm. And I think it must just be like a generational thing. They're on this pedestal of, you know, they make people feel good. They are, they've been seen as this like kind thing. I was like, no, maybe that's just Diana that you saw as like nice and yeah. kind, but no one else in the royal family is. Exactly. Cause I feel like the queen, the amount of power that she has and she's not elected. And I know people kind of trying to rationalize it by, you know, she doesn't really have any vested parliamentary power, but where do our taxes go fam? Like Mate, they're just living so off that. Millions and mi- millions of pounds a year go to the royal family I, I, I just like cool give it like shut down the mo- <laughs> shut down the monarchy abolish them and then give it to the NHS yeah am I allowed 100%. to say that no I feel like yes yes you are allowed to say that because I feel like to then be like oh yes the royal family should exist blah 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 and then you're turning around to people that have worked through the you <laughs> You made everyone clap for heroes for the NHS and then you're just going to be like, okay, here you go, here's £3.50 extra a week. But we need you to work. You can't work from home. You have to work. You have to be at hospital. You have to put your life in danger every single day. But, you know, we're still going to pay for Charles to cheat on his wife and then make her the Duchess. Like, it, all of it's wild. Mm. I hate it. And I also, I mean, everyone has their speculation who was who made the racist comments about Archie. We all know mm. who it is, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I also just think that the, the UK has a, such an issue, like such a problem with class and abolishing mm. the monarchy is probably like a very, is the first step in a very, very long road to maybe sorting out our class issues. Yeah, I know. <sighs> <laughs> anyway... I just this is the bad I film can't cl- even club. right now. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is the bad film club. We talk about bad films. I'm Holly Gordon. And I'm Shanaina Begayla. And this yeah. week we're doing Sausage Party. <laughs> oh, this Okay, can I just I'm gonna caveat this from the word go. I really like I really like this film. 
And that's it. There we go. That's my opinion. <laughs> Sinead, don't look at me. Well, you can look at me like that. That's fine. But I, I really like this film. So we're going to have a great conversation. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say it. Uh, okay. So I also need to caveat this film because I went to see it in cinema on a date night. And fuck you. Yeah, it was sweet, but I just was not expecting this. And then I came out of the cinema a bit traumatized. Oh, I think yeah, I get that. Because I feel like watching, so the end, spoiler alert, they have like a food orgy, which I was not prepared to watch on a cinema screen and was <laughs> not expecting from this film. Um, so that's my first mm-hmm. thoughts of it. But obviously, this is the so this is for me is the second watch. What did you think? Like just off the bat, what did you think? I uh, I thought okay, cool. I just thought, yeah, why not? Mm. It's it's the product of Seth Rogen and his writing partner Evan Evan Goldberg, yeah. um, and Jonah Hill. It is exactly what you would expect from them when it comes to an adult animated film, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Although, I mean, obviously. I I wonder I I do think now it came out in 2016 mm-hmm. and obviously 2016 was a very like politically charged yeah. year for everyone so it might have probably landed slightly better back then now I mean I laughed I actually did laugh out loud at some bits and I gasped at some bits cuz I was just a bit surprised and taken back which I can understand your response why you said you felt a bit like whoa I just thought it was a bit fun, really. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I kind of like these, like, adult animated shows, whether they're TV or film. Yeah, fair. Just because they're, you need, like, again, like, about two brain cells to watch them and you can just kind of shut off for a bit. Yeah. I think now watching it in 2021, it might be a bit different. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's like, I don't dislike an adult animation. Like, I really want, you know, this, my one of my favourite shows is Bob's Burgers. Like, I watch it all day, every day. But... <laughs> I feel like this is not my kind of humour. Mm. And I can't remember if I found it funny in the cinema, but I feel like on the second watch, I didn't find it funny. Mm-hmm. But I think the premise is good. Like, I think the premise mm. is really smart and entertaining. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I have problems with. Like, I hate the stereotyping. And I know it's supposed to be for comedic value. Yes. But I'm also like, who gets to say that when it's always white men writing these things? I don't know, like, for me, it doesn't, like, sit that great. Yeah. And then also, it's not like they hired those people, like, only Teresa Del Taco, so um, Salma Hayek is the only one that plays, like, the race that she is, you know? Like, the guy that plays Firewater, isn't that Bill Hader? Yeah, Craig Robinson plays Grits, which is the only other one that I think, Matt, like, oh, kind yeah, of yeah. references the, yeah, the yeah. race or kind of the culture of But that also food. for, like, two seconds, though. So. Yeah, but that's also, that's also the... Um, that's why I think it kind of just doesn't land um, now. I mean, I still found it funny, mm. and the that's the that's the my biggest pet peeve actually. Even though I enjoyed it, um, I think the stereotypes mm. are like are bad, and maybe slightly mm. like lazy writing. Yeah, times change. Quick plot summary. <laughs> Right, the plot of this film. It says anthropomorphic, an- anthropomorphic, is that how you say it? Anthropomorphic yeah. food. 
They're cut. They're like anthropomorphic. Yeah, food. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. Live. I say live in yeah. a supermarket, and the whole supermarket's characterized, and they can talk and chat. It's kind of like Toy, toy Story, right? Their dream is to be brought by by humans who are called the gods to mm-hmm. basically go to the. Is it what the, the great, great beyond. beyond? Yeah, exactly. Once, yeah, once they are picked and brought by the gods, they it go they they go to like essentially this utopia. And the main character is Seth Rogen plays a sausage, and Kristen Wiig plays a hot dog bun, and it's essentially the story of them hoping to finally like meet together and like actually come together. Uh, no, 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 not me to have sex. They're essentially to have sex because everything is an innuendo <laughs> in this fucking film. But because yeah. uh, sex is funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh. <laughs> but essentially, uh, something ha- like an uh, accident happens, and they all get separated from the rest of their like packaging, and mm-hmm. they go on a journey around the supermarket to learn the truth of what actually happens to them once they are brought from the store. However, there is a, then a massive twist yeah. <laughs> kind of like three quarters of the way in and i mean we can get we'll get to that bit but yeah that's essentially it mm-hmm. do you know what i remember watching the trailer for this and being mm-hmm. super excited to see it and then i never went to see it but it was also because i think something about i think it was the title of it maybe laugh a lot because i thought oh that's just really clever yeah because it's just silly. Yeah. But again, like you said, it is a very specific type of humour. And I wouldn't generally like find yeah. this kind of humour funny. But uh, because I think it's kind of, it's not that smart. But there are some moments in this film that I do think is quite smart. Like humorize. Yeah, I agree with you. My favourite scenes are like the food interaction with the humans. <laughs> you know, like, because I think that's done really well. And they're really smart, you know? Yes, and I also put a lot of like faith and trust in Seth Rogen and, his, <laughs> and Evan Goldberg for whatever reason. Stop crushing on him! I'm never. But I just also just think that they have a history of landing, making some good comedic films. Like, yeah. I've also always go back and revisit, watch Superbad like a hundred times, mm. and it's pretty rewatchable, I would say. I don't think this, ca- I mean, I don't really think this film is that rewatchable. No. I, I don't know I if would, I ever, I don't yeah. think I'm. I would vote for the no. Yeah, I'm not rushing back to go and watch it. I just enjoyed my the one watch I did have of it. I agree. I felt like I watched it in the cinema and felt like I enjoyed it, but then the end kind of ruined it for me. Like, because it has two endings. Oh, the ending was so stupid. I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed yeah. about the ending. It should have, like, not ended that way. Yeah. So we've mentioned who wrote it. It was written... It's just got so many people involved in it. It was written by Seth... Well, the story is by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg and Jonah Hill. But the screenplay is written by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Ariel Schaffer and Carl Hunter. And then it's produced by all of those people and it's directed by two other people. And then the actual voice cast is just giant. Yeah. But it's like, it's just all like those people that you know are just like friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like everyone who always works together. Yeah, so. exactly. But the guys that directed it, Conrad Vernon, mm. was a writer on Shrek and was the voice of the Gingerbread Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, love I know, that. me too. That was my favourite detail amazing. of this film. See, Shrek, Sh- <laughs> Shrek holds up. Shrek lives on. <laughs> 
It's like that that was a cultural reset. What I <laughs> loved actually, and I didn't I was I didn't know this until watching the credits roll in. Mm. Actually, that's that's good that's not. Let's go let's say why was this film bad first? Let's do the actual point of this podcast first. Why do you think this film was bad? <sighs> I think the dialogue's bad. But then yeah. You know why? Because this yeah. is an adult <laughs> film written for thirteen year olds. Mm. So, I don't know. I feel like because from the when I saw it, so I went to I actually paid to see this film. So, I was like really taken with the trailer. I thought it looked really good. I will say, caveat. I will say always try and go and see animated films in the cinema because they take fucking long time to make. So good for you for paying for it. But then that's thank my piece. you. There you go. Okay, carry on. <laughs> um, so for me, I just was like really into like I really wanted to go see this film like as you said it was one of those films that the trailer was really good and then we went to see it so I was just like we have to go see it we saw it on a date night it was really fun Mm. but then there's just like bits of it I guess because it's kind of not really where my go-to humor is but then I enjoyed the twists of it and the characterization of the food is cool I really like stuff like that I think it's really interesting and clever but yeah for me I thought the innuendos were really stupid I think crass humor is not my vibe so that's why I think it's a bad film but then yeah I feel like other people would really like this film so I I don't know if that's like a critique you know yeah humor is subjective isn't it so it's like exactly I, I agree that it's definitely it was definitely made for a specific demographic of people yeah and we are we are probably don't fit into that demographic of people now yeah maybe not even when you not even when it came out yeah i imagine this film being really loved by university age boys yeah (laughs) yeah for sure um sure i i will say just because even though i did say i like i enjoyed this film i do think that there were many flaws in it we've hit we've already spoken about the stereotypes and just Mm. the general i just think that making jokes off stereotypes is lazy even though Seth Rogen is very proudly Jewish and I just don't but that's why it feels like a cheap shot you know it's like yeah I think I understand I understand that the maybe the thought process of it was like oh well what's a really good way to represent a culture food Mm. food is such a important part of cult of everyone's cultures so yeah maybe that's how we start to characterize these characters and where they're from however i think there may be a more clever a more interesting way to do it but it's also it's an animated film so i don't i think the, yeah. i don't know i'm just moaning for no reason but um i do think it's quite i mean if you're going to go down the stereotype route at least cast people who are of that culture yeah. Just because you were on Saturday Night Live and made your, your career off doing impressions <laughs> doesn't mean you should voice a uh, Native American. Yeah, exactly. And I completely agree. I think that's a really good point that people connect culturally through food and I think that's really interesting. The problem that I have is not with them, like, having a Jewish bagel or having, like, Isama Hayek be a taco. That's not the issue that I have. The issue that I have is the dialogue that surrounds it. So, like, the... 77 bottles of virgin olive oil the sauerkraut being like a hitlery german vibe and wants to kill the juice i just feel like it's just lazy and unnecessary and 
I don't think it's funny. Maybe because I'm not, I'm a, like a person of colour and I just don't think, I don't feel like it's funny. Like Any, anything, I mean, anything that has any kind of like Nazi symbolism or anything just makes my skin crawl. Um, yeah. I get very like uncomfortable about it. Even if it is in an animated film, it's supposed to be a joke. I still don't like it. it. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't, and like also I think that this is, I wouldn't say that this is a this isn't a bad film as such. I just think it's not a rewatchable one, which is probably just Yeah. Like this is this just like we've said, it's just maybe above being a bad film. Like it's not good enough to revisit. Mm. Like I'm just like, cool, I've watched yeah. it. I'm not gonna go and ever watch it again. Did you have any like standout scenes or you know you I guess you mentioned that you really liked the interactions with that the food had with humans. Mm. Did was there any like moments in those scenes or any kind of secondary characters or background character moments that you really liked? Because I wrote down a few, but you can go first. Yeah, so I really liked the like turning point of this film is that Frank, the Frankfurter, falls out of the cart because he's trying to save Honey Mustard, who's trying to commit suicide, mm. and then Brenda the Bond. Brenda Bonson um, <laughs> is like his his lady. Oh, um, yeah, I know. And she also tries to save him and then they all fall out of the car and out of their packaging. And I thought that aftermath scene was so clever and so well done. I love... That is the bit I've written down. <laughs> it's so good. And like the bag of flour explodes and people are screaming and the like Oreo is like squashed and... The peanut butter, he's crying because his wife is dead and she's a jam jar. I just thought it was really funny and really mm. great. Basically, it's like the adult animated food version of Saving Private Ryan, which I really enjoyed. Yes, that, I mean, that that scene essentially is a war scene. <laughs> but we created around like a mist of flour. And it's so, that bit was so funny to me because I think they do this repeatedly in comedy films where they they dramatize in a very comedic way a, a war action bit and it's so so overly dramatic that it makes me laugh so i really liked like you said the peanut butter crying over his wife yeah. and i really liked oh the banana's face peeled off and that made me laugh because <laughs> i wrote that down like when it had to happen because i was like that is so dark as well, and it made it's me, so dark. It made me laugh. It's so dark, but like I thought, because obviously you just like peel a banana and it's just a plain yellow thing, right? But then he just had this mm-hmm. like ghost face. It is so funny. Mm-hmm. I also really liked when they were writing this film. They thought about how certain foods and certain like they thought about the layout of a supermarket. So they thought, oh, yeah. specific. It's kind. I mean. In the, across the whole story of this film, like aisles seem to be like territory, and there's a lot of jokes about invasion and <laughs> colonizing and taking over yep. and invading um, space or aisle space, and that's whatever. But like, I thought it was just clever how they associated certain food and drink with certain types of environment. So the alcohol section is just a general constant party like a frat party yeah but then like when they led up to this whole bit where the answers of what the great beyond is is 
past the dark aisle or past the ice which is obviously the frozen fish section mm. and the dark aisle ended up being like kitchen utensils and I was like oh <laughs> yeah. my god obviously to a sausage this is going to be terrifying so it's like, yeah. all made like it's made to look like a horror bit and it's like I thought that was like quite clever yeah I agree did you have like a fa- did you have a favorite standout character other than the ones you've mentioned I really liked the candy lace you know, the oh, like yeah. red laces, the shoelaces, whatever, the, the candy. I really liked them. I really thought the little cookies were really cute, you know, with their like little cream top. I thought they were quite funny. Who was your favourite? Out of like the main, the main kind of selection of characters, I really liked Bagel was just kind of funny. I knew you were oh. going to say that. Sammy Bagel Jr. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was annoyed um, that we've had to find out that he was freaking voiced by Edward Norton at the end but I know because he didn't sound like Edward Norton I was Not like alright all I thought it was gonna I thought at least it would be Fred Armistice but no it was no. not oh also completely there's essentially a villain in this film that oh, like God. has yeah so it's Nick Nick Kroll who is plays a douche which Mm-hmm. And who has uh, who as a douche has actually no idea what his role as a douche is is like a clean like a toilet clean like toilet cleaner, but he thinks his role is to basically go up someone's ass. No, Han, that's what a douche no? is. Then what a the hell is, is it? A... Oh my god, what am I thinking douche. of? What am I? Yeah, thinking you're of? thinking of it in the like in the context of here. But they used to clean out your vagina. Wait, why is that? But then, like, why am I, like, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, why does it look like a toilet brush? Yeah, that's what it, yeah, that's what it looks like. But it's because it's got liquid in it. And basically people think that if you flush out your vagina with these chemicals, it's good for your vagina, which makes no sense whatsoever. Don't do that, ladies. Don't do it. Can we not do it? Anyway. I just thought that basically that was it, that him and obviously Seth Rogen and kind of like a couple of other. I just Nick Kroll has got such an iconic or like noticeable voice, voice even big yeah. voice because um, like I just knew it was him already. Villains are obviously like are always going to make there to make you uncomfortable, but there was just something so uncomfortable about this character that I just didn't like any time he was on screen. You know why? Because he's fucking rapey. We don't like it's that shit. It's not disgusting. funny. Disgusting. It's not like it's, it's so, not funny. It's oh, it's awful, and it made me so like claustrophobic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it made me yeah. feel so like yeah. ill. I think that was probably the worst bit of the film, and could yeah. have been not. In, no, it just didn't need to be there. Oh my god, I'm literally so stressed out about it. Anyway, yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah. This film opens with, obviously, we're introduced to the packet of sausages and the packet of buns. And then the whole <laughs> yeah. supermarket just bursts into song because it's like yeah. they're freaking singing a hymn. Oh, they're singing a song. And I wrote down Beauty and the Beast, Be My Guest. Y- yeah, with that. yeah, exactly. Then yeah. realised, because I was watching this with subtitles, because in case I like get, catch some dialogue, obviously mm. all the lyrics are ridiculous and really like stupid and funny. And I was like, oh, wait. This is more like satire, so it's yeah. more like the Book of Mormon, which take which is a, which is a musical that takes a piss out of Mormonism, and yeah. I thought it was really funny. And then 
like I said, when the credits were rolling through, the song was written by Alan Menken, who writes a lot of uh, music for uh, Disney, which is fun. Yeah, he wrote... uh, I mean, he he wrote Be My Guest for the Beauty and the Beast film for Disney. There you go, you got it. Hit it on the head. Yeah, but he wrote... He's written all the music for... Uh, Aladdin and Little Mermaid. The music for Sister Act too. I mean, he's written everything for Disney. So, but I just kind of thought that what was really man? funny. <laughs> um, but because that because that song, because it's not because obviously animated films are more often than not musicals as well. So they probably felt that they needed mm-hmm. to at least get one song in. Yeah. But the first song is not only introducing the premise but then you find out it's actually just being created by an actual character within the film as well as a way to keep their beliefs a specific way there's a bit of a culty mm. vibe to this film as well i'm just thinking about Not it. a bit babe it's very oh, over, a lot. like it's very yeah it's very like about religion as well like atheism versus religion i'm just like yeah okay we get it we get it and all i think about when i think of 2016 is just politics from yeah. our country, from here, and also the US. So I just think that like anything written yeah. within that, the zeitgeist was just a bit faded world. Yeah, but you've hit it already because even in that song, Firewater then explains later that you know I wrote this, we wrote the song, and they were like the words were being changed by people to meet their own beliefs and whatever people. I mean the foods, which is like an obvious rhetoric on religion and politics and stuff like that. We're just like, Seth, we know you wanted to make a stupid film. Just make a stupid film. You don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. If it were, well, speaking of, could it have been made, could it have been made now in 2021? Nah. I mean, I think they could make a film, but they would have to change a lot of the comedy. So they'd probably just have to rewrite it. So it wouldn't be the same film. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't, it, this film would not be made now. They'd have to make it. The comedy would have to slap harder, man. Yeah. Like it they has need to be, to, you know. They needed to. Put, they just need to put a bit more, like, like, bit more effort into the jokes yeah. because these jokes are like first thought jokes because they're lazy yeah. because they're about stereotypes. Yeah. It's just annoying. If you had any casting changes, please say now. Like, why is Bill Hader? Like, I just it pisses me off. Just if you're gonna make stereotypes about people, at least cast the right race. You know, if that person wants to play that, like, obviously, they shouldn't have to. You should be... Whatever. I, and it just pissed me off yeah. that it was Ed Norton playing the bagel. Like, unnecessary as well. Yeah, what is Edward Norton? Don't you love how I just called him Ed like he was my fr- like he's my friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just actually... I've also just looking at the cast list. I've realised that two of my crushes are on this in this film. Who, Michael Sarah? You've got Seth Rogen. Ah, no way. <laughs> sorry. Sorry if he listens to this, but sorry. Uh, no. No, Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. I forgot Paul Rudd was in this. Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is Manager, the... Manager, uh, right? Of the store. Yeah, he's yeah. a store worker. Which who... Oh, okay. Which basically ends up, you know, going through such a... Traumatic time. Term. Like, he basically yeah. gets killed. This... This is the thing. This is the issue. I mean, this is one of the also the things about this film. You think it's like you just go into it for like three quarters of the film. It's complete. It's just like com- comedic food, just like doing whatever. And then it turns ridiculously 
on like does a complete flip and like all of these so many people get killed and yeah it in the last like quarter of it and it really stressed me out the bit where so michael sarah plays this like deformed sausage called barry which okay <laughs> and he gets brought by a woman and then ends up escaping her kitchen. Oh my god! Also, that was a really good wasn't that scene, kitchen though. scene a bit stressful? Yeah, but it was really good. Very good because obviously it, that's my second favorite scene well of the done. film. Yeah, like I love that. It's because it's like that moment that everything. Te- that's like the moment that everything just goes to shit for the food. They realize what's really happening that they're gonna get eaten. There's this really clever bit where she like throws the nachos in the bowl, melts the cheese in the microwave, and the cheese is screaming, and she puts the carrots in a bowl and then two roll out and they're screaming like, run! And she shoves them in her mouth. Then the frankfurters are just like, she's eating children! And it was just really interesting and like really yeah. well done. Oh, that was my favourite yeah. line. <laughs> oh, it was that, funny. that was my favourite line. They're eating children because she's eating baby she's carrots. Eating baby carrots. Like, not the children. That was oh. a good one. The guy that whose house it is though, the guy that Barry, he escapes to, you know that guy is James Franco. Yeah, it didn't. T- it took me like it. Di- I just didn't clock on until the, the until like obviously the uh, credits yeah. rolled in. But it took me a long time. But of course, you know. But so yeah, he goes to James Franco's house, who plays this drug addict, who basically picks up bath salts and takes bath salts, and then starts to hallucinate. And his like trip essentially makes him see that the food is alive. Yeah, and and he kind of loses it a bit. We are within that scene. We are then introduced to a character that is maybe the one of the most ridiculous characters I've ever seen in my life. It's a character called Gum, oh. who they have designed to basically be Stephen yeah. Hawkins. And I was just like, unnecessary. No, Un- okay, let's just man. leave this alone. He, yeah, like let's just leave it. James Franco then falls asleep and like leaves his trip. Then then wakes up really hungry, so starts it. Eat, um, try and prepare a meal. But I also, for for a hot second, he put a pan filled out with boi- water to boil, and then was going to put a sausage Thank in. And you. I was like, "Hang on, that's not how you cook sausages." Thank but you. then I realized you do boil sausages in America. No, right? who? Why? Don't really know. I don't know. How. Are they not? Are they not? Are they, are frankfurters not boiled in America? No, why? That's exactly what <sighs> I wrote down, I don't know. Molly. That's not how you cook sausages. Exactly. Where's the frying pan? Like, I don't understand. Americans, tell us how you cook your sausages, please. Because isn't it, like, doesn't boiled meat make you feel really gross? Yeah. The thought of it. Anyway, (laughs) basically, we're led to believe that then Barry, this, like, abnormal sausage is dropped into the pan and then it cuts to a different scene. Then all hell breaks loose. Frank finds out... (laughs) Frank finds out that the truth about the gods, humans, that we eat, they eat food mm-hmm. from a cooking book. Yep. That is projected like the Bible. Yeah. And he tries to get the whole supermarket to understand this by going onto the, the camera system and explaining the what's happened. Yeah. And then all hell breaks loose. Barry appears and he comes through the vents and he just drops, he just drops the severed head of James Franco on the shelf. Yeah. Oh my god, no. I, that was the bit that made me like. Can we not? That was the bit that made me just like, what is this film? Because yeah. <laughs> this is like, it's suddenly gone from a really, you know, stupid comedic animated film to now murder. Yeah. I was so surprised. And then like, 
Then they started dipping. Um, they had a plan, and they started to like their plan was to attack all the humans by pelt- basically <laughs> shooting them with bath salts. Yeah. And they would all start I hallucinating. I about that bit. Yeah. Oh, this is such a. This is such a Seth Rogen film. It's painful. It's really stupid. It's so stupid. This is where it kind of turned completely ridiculous. Yeah, because I feel like it started here and then it went there, there and everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of like the storyline was a just got lost a bit, yeah. but it was like, fine, all right. Yeah. Okay, just keep you just keep keep going, and then the like we said, the store owner essentially gets attacked by the douche by Nick Kroll, and is basically sent flying on a a trolley of pro with propane or something, yeah. and then is exploded. He he basically explodes yeah. in the air, and he gets killed. And then oh, and then an eyeball falls into like a crate of fruit or something. The peanuts. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of death. There's so much death in this film that you'd like, no, you is never. I think when I watched the trailer for this film, I think that the only kind of death that was ever hinted was just like, you know, food being cooked yeah, or eaten. Yeah. But you've, the actual fact that there's like human death in it was like the thing that really jarred me. But yeah. Yeah. There's, I feel like the trailer was at complete odds to what the, the actuality of this film was because I don't know if people would have gone to see it if, if they saw this you know i don't know (laughs) maybe i feel like this because this is the second time i watched it and i was just like yeah this is not for me i'm going to be uh, happily just living with my one viewing and never watch it again can i just say that for me also the last what 15 minutes of the film are no not even 15 five minutes of the film is the food having an orgy which I was like, someone's job, people's jobs, more than one people's jobs were to animate this. Like, how grim? How grim is that reality? Yeah, it was released, but it was part of Columbia, which is obviously part of Sony. Columbia's like mm. the animated bit, I think. It was done by a lot a of different Canadian. people. A lot of different companies, production companies worked on this film. Also, I mean, it's the first animated film we're talking about. The animation style is very specific. Yeah, it's obviously nothing that we're ever really used to. And I just thought this this obviously was made on a bit of a specific budget, so obviously it's not the best animation. I just think obviously, and also you can tell, but the animation is a bit slacking, just because all the effort has been put into the motion of the food. So the character design of the humans is funny as hell because it's. Yeah. Which is also why I think this film has aged a bit badly because the animation hasn't held, mm. held up. Yeah, I just thought that the sausages also felt really weird that they had eyebrows, but then again, they also had shoes and hands and legs and yeah, they had eyes like Mickey mouth, mouse so. gloves on. So why did I make that note? I don't know. <laughs> but then wouldn't it be weird yeah, if they didn't have think, eyebrows yeah. as well? Right? I don't know. A face without eyebrows is weird. I know. If they didn't, we'll probably point out be like why they didn't have eyebrows. I also just thought that. Um, I think I wrote it down because one of the sausages in the pack at the beginning has blonde eyebrows and then all of the other <laughs> ones are brown and I think that's what made me notice it. Um, that's so funny. I didn't understand particularly why Chris and Wig's character had, like, 
the bun had to specifically have boobs. Thank you. That's what I was going to bring up when we talked about animation. But, you know, we have to make sure that she's... A, we have to know exactly why she... Why? We know she's a female. We know she's female. Why does she have to have boobs? No no other female character has boobs because there's only other one there's only one other female character in this whole fucking film. But she has eyeshadow on because she can't be she can't be a woman and not have eyeshadow on. Sorry, getting annoyed. <laughs> like Teresa Del Taco has a face like a, a full yeah, eye makeup look going. Bad. Like, what are you doing? Like <sighs> But talking about animation, did you know? that this film was given a NC-17 rating due to the visibility of pubic hair on the Lavash's scrotum during the food orgy scene and then they took it out so that it received its final R rating. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> Is that just like an 18? I haven't... That's yeah, an 18 I right here. Yeah, NC-17. I think so. It's a bit of a funny specific thing to get a high like a high rating on like pubic hair yeah on a piece of food yeah has that bit stayed with you since i said it (laughs) it's just kind of like all right it's weird what they censor right yes it's very strange what they censor yeah um they kind of that could be a whole discussion in itself because lol I mean, what? Who? Who's going to take their like twelve year old to go and see? Although this? I was, on. I was on Reddit yesterday, just, just like I just wanted to know people's opinion of it. And this person was like, I took an eleven year old and a thirteen year old, and then people were arguing about it, like, why did you take them? And they were like, their mum said it was fine, so I took them. Like, it's not your, it's not. And then they just had this whole argument about who should be going to see it <laughs> and why. And I was just like, well, I feel like kids watch stuff like this. Mate, kids, kids will be. Um, we're not parents yeah. but policing what kids watch film wise is a bit it's a bit like a lost cause yeah. you know what I mean like there's so much stuff out there and it's so easy to access especially stuff especially now they isn't can't it? really like control what they watch yeah I feel like did we need this <laughs> did, did we did we need did we specifically need this film no we didn't need this film but it was still made yeah It did well at festivals. I know, it did, it did really well. I think it's got a high rating on film sites. We'll talk about that in a minute. But do you think that it has any cultural impact? It probably thought it was going to have it when it came out. But I literally have never spoken about this film to anyone except for you yeah. in the lot. And this is the first time I've spoken about it to someone. So I don't think... And I also think, considering Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have such a collection of films and tv shows that they've either written and or Mm. produced i don't think this is the film that people think of when they think of them as a writing team yeah i agree they think of super bad is probably one of their most iconic pieces that will you know stand the test of time if you obviously if you like it but like it's got it's made such a way much more of a cultural impact now yeah for sure than sausage party at the time it was probably quite it was first of its kind back in 2016 2015 2016 yeah yeah it's the first r-rated animated film yeah so whereas but now we're getting into this like realm or realm we're getting into this time where adult animated tv shows and films is not 
uncommon anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, that's You've true. mentioned Bob's Burgers, which is not overtly uh, crude, but no. it's clever and it's com- it's clever, it's comedy. Yeah. We have Big Mouth, which is essentially a adult animated comedy show mm. about puberty, but it has done probably 10 times better and written 10 times better yeah. than Sausage Party and actually target... I mean, it's also quite useful, the fact that it targets quite important mm. topics. I think the cultural impact of this film is none. I don't think a film that really depends on getting its comedy from stereotypes is going to have a cultural impact. Yeah, for sure. It really hasn't aged well. For sure. No. Okay, so what do you give out of 10? So I might... Not that I'm going to change my caveat. Oh, what did I give out of 10? A 5. Interesting. I mean, even though I did say at the beginning of this podcast I liked it. Yeah, but I mean... I like... It's still not... There's still there's still things wrong. Yeah, with it. that's fine. Okay. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I gave it a four. Nice. I feel like that's my standard now. It's like a four. Uh, actually, no, that's a lie. Ignore me. Mm. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of the higher rating films that we've done. Mm. What do you think it got on IMDb? Which is out of ten. You said higher rating seven point one. No, it's six point one out of ten for IMDb. Okay. But I think anything over a five for all is pretty is, good. Is high, but yeah. then Ron Tomato is just—is it good or bad? Is Give me surprisingly a... good. Oh, okay, is it something stupid like eighty uh, percent? It's good. Yes, eighty-two percent. <gasps> so, uh, yeah. Okay, there you go. I would assume that the kind of people that reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes were probably the people that also were the demographic for this mm, film, so probably liked it. Maybe. Oh. So Rotten Tomatoes gave eighty two percent based on two hundred and thirty four reviews. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I feel like people liked it though. Yeah, the site's critical consensus read that Sausage Party is definitely offensive, but backs up its enthusiastic profanity with impressive high laugh to gag ratio and a surprisingly thought provoking storyline. Well, the atheist. I <laughs> the do not agree. <laughs> I, I don't agree. But I don't agree okay, with that. whatever. No, um, I just want to reiterate and, this. But yeah, it's so it's rapey that I just do not, like, nah. For me, I'm just like, nah. You know? Ugh. I don't think, I think, doesn't Nick Kroll's character, like, not only objectify food, but he objectifies the humans, which are essentially yeah. his god, and the 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 thing that he, like, the characters love and respect the most, but he then objectifies them. I know. Ugh, I hate it. Some people really disliked it. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favourite one. Sausage Party isn't mean-spirited, it's just stupid, but also pretty smart and oh funny God. as hell. That's, I guess that's kind of how, like, it's kind of that at the same time. Like, it's mm. really silly. I know exactly, actually, thinking about, my, like, my group of friends, I know exactly the people that would like this and exactly the people that would dislike it. Yeah. It had a budget of $19 million. Wow. Which is which is fine considering well, it's not fine. Considering Disney animated films have budgets of about two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. And then in the box office it made a hundred and forty point seven million. Louise, that's a lot. It made its budget like seven times over. That's like ridiculous. Jeez. Oh my goodness. I was not expecting that. I guess if you make a film on the che- on the cheap, but it's also I think the trailer, like we've said, the trailer was obviously gave you the specific version yeah. of the premise. But yeah, there you go. sausage party done. Do you feel like people should watch it? 
I wouldn't rush to it, but it's yeah. on Netflix. So if you've got a spare 90 minutes and you just really don't know what else to watch, maybe go for it. But there's also a load of other really good animated films that are also 90 minutes long. Watch Coco. That's what I'll tell you. Coco's a great film. So is Over the Moon, by the way. Watch If o- you don't yes. want to watch a Disney watch- film. Or Pixar film. Yeah, Over the Moon is also it's a Netflix one as well. Yeah, the food representation, yeah. we're into it. Yeah, and also, sidebar, if you're feeling festive in the middle of spring, watch Klaus. <laughs> Are we just going to push Klaus every every month of the year? What a film. I did that for a friend and his mind was changed about Christmas, so success. I'm telling you, it is one of the best films I've ever seen. Cool! Well, that's it. No, see you, see next, you next week. week. Bye! Bye. Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it.